In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. Donald Trump has been indicted in Atlanta. We have so many court dockets to follow, but we haven't really seen anything yet. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has covered every moment of this historic case. I've been writing about this investigation for two and a half years. Our team is led by reporters Bill Rankin and Tamar Hallerman. Follow our coverage on AJC.com and listen to new in-depth episodes of the award-winning podcast, Breakdown, The Trump Indictment, only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Politically Georgia podcast, where we bring you news and analysis from all the latest Georgia shenanigans in Congress and under the Gold Dome. And today we're joined by AJC healthcare reporter Ariel Hart for the latest on one of the most extraordinary stories I think either of us have ever covered. And as our jobs as reporters, we're trying to make sense of what's happening. This story is moving so fast, it is hard to make sense of right now, but we'll try our best. The corona, what we're talking about, of course, is the coronavirus crisis that has really upended not just politics in Georgia, but everything. Ariel, thanks for joining us. Yeah, you bet. So let's get right into it. As we're speaking right now, a series of events that we've really never seen in Georgia has taken place. The legislative session has been suspended indefinitely. Most of Metro Atlanta's schools are out for at least a week, if not more than a few weeks. The court system is out for weeks. Um, you've got events canceling. You've got sports leagues shuttering, canceling. They're calling off their seasons or postponing them indefinitely. Um, you just have a cascade of, of life-changing events that shows that this coronavirus crisis isn't just some esoteric thing that's only going to affect a few people. It is going to affect exactly. all of our everyday lives. Yeah, a cascade is a really good way to um, to say it. This kind of started a little bit on Tuesday, and, and then there were some folks who were just, um, you know, kind of either on the fence or they'd seen that other folks were closing down and they're like, we're not going to do it. And then it really started Wednesday, just this um, flow of big events starting to say, you know what, maybe in spite of everything we've got at stake, we got to shut down. Yeah. Wednesday night, my wife went out to dinner. I, uh, so I was watching the kids. She comes back, I think around um, near about 10 o'clock. She goes, what I miss? I said, well, President Trump just banned um, most travel coming from Europe. Uh, NBA canceled its season. Tom Hanks and his wife, Rita Wilson, said they have contracted coronavirus. And Georgia is now up to 31 cases. And this was as of Wednesday night, 31 cases of uh, presumed and, and confirmed cases of coronavirus. And that was just in the span of a couple hours. And since then, Georgia has now had its first death from the coronavirus, um, from COVID-19, the disease caused by coronavirus. I, I think that I think that the Tom Hanks and his wife case is actually going to make a big difference. People are going to finally see it as real, strangely enough. Yeah, we had um, we had spoken to, uh, I, I did a really, um, participated in a really interesting story on Tuesday going into looking ahead to Wednesday um, when a lot of those 
decision makers were kind of on the fence. And at that point, we were looking at the Savannah St. Patrick's Day Parade, um, and they were still going to go forward. They had heard that Ireland had shut down all of its parades. They had heard that Boston had shut down its St. Patrick's Day Parade, and they were still going to go for it. And we talked to some, you know, health experts. We talked to the mayor of Savannah, and um, and something has after we printed our paper within 24 hours, they they also had withdrawn. I think it's just taken some time for the reality of this event to gel in people's minds. It's really wild to have something like this go from a theory to a real fact in people's lives. How, how quickly has this changed? Here's an example. A few days ago, House Speaker David Ralston said. He urged the public not to come to the legislative session because they didn't. He, he's worried that of the spread of coronavirus under this very cramped confines under the Gold Dome. The same day, both Governor Kemp and Lieutenant Governor Jeff Duncan said, "Nope, business as usual. We're not going to. We're not going to echo his calls." Days later, the governor says, "We're still not closing the Capitol, but it's significant enough that lawmakers and I'm sitting here in the House antechamber at seven o'clock at night." On Thursday, they're going to go for about five more hours tonight. But around midnight, they should be wrapping up, and there, there's no telling when they come back. Some people think it could be in a couple of days next week. Some people think it could be literally months until they come back. I don't want to be alarmist or, or, or hype things up, but there's just a complete sense of uncertainty about when. There's no way to know. Yep. There really is no yep. way to know, and that's okay. Um, and you know, I mean, I think people do need to understand how extraordinary it is that the legislature is doing this. This does not happen. The legislature might shut down for a political reason for a few days, like they did earlier this year over the budget. But this kind of um, the shutdown for this kind of reason just does not happen. So it's a big, extraordinary moment. But I think also it's really difficult for people to understand that there's something, there's a third option besides panic, laissez-faire, do nothing. Um, there's, a, there's something in between there, which is where we are now. Nobody needs to be go building their bunker. Um, what we need now is really sustained, attentive um, action uh, along the lines of all the health stuff that our leaders are telling us, but not to go crazy. I mean, what does that look like? Because what we're hearing right now is there's a there's a fine line between panic and calm. And the governor and a lot of his allies are saying, calm, calm, calm. Um, at first, we were hearing Democrats sort of saying, you know, applauding the governor's approach. You're starting to see some antinous from some of his critics saying, look, we're hearing mixed messages. On one hand, you're saying, calm, we're still going to have major, you know, we're, we're not going to try to shut down you know, events and we're not going to try, try to... Uh, canceled big gatherings. On the other hand, we're seeing private sector do this left and right. We're seeing uh, the NBA cancel its season and and the uh, Major League Baseball postpone o- opening day and and you know and all these all these major events either getting postponed or canceled altogether. Um, so I asked him about these mixed messages today at a, at a press conference and he said, "Look, I'm trying my best to." Uh, to, to, to give a unified voice, but I can't, I don't control everything. I, you know, as the governor, I have a lot of power, but I can't control what, 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 what private sector events do, but also he doesn't even have that much control over the school districts. He can urge and he can recommend and he can appeal to school districts to do X, Y, Z, but he, he in the end doesn't have the power to 
to tell them to open their doors or close them. Yeah, and I think he's walking a line there because he does not have the power to make Savannah shut down its parade or, you know, he might, but it would it would take some maneuvering. What he does have the power to do is to urge, and I think that they're really trying to... Um, you know, I don't know if I want to say have it both ways on that, but they're walking a very fine line between um, suggesting that this is an option that everyone should consider. And I, I saw a, um, a message where one of the folks had said, yeah, we're not telling you what to do, though. We're not we're not telling you you ought to shut it down. We're telling you you should think about it. You know, and I, I think in a sense, that's a difficult position to put people in who don't have any public health expertise. I, I, you know, I'd spoken about this before. The U.S. Surgeon General had told churches, business leaders, um, that they need to have tabletop exercises about what is the trigger to shut down an event. How are they supposed to know that? You know, they don't have an epi- excuse me, an epidemiologist on staff necessarily. At the same time, though, you know, you, you don't want the governor telling the entire state to shut down because we're not at that point either. What, what we don't need is for 500,000 people to show up as vectors in, um, you know, for example, if such a thing were going to happen in metro Atlanta, that would be, you know, papers would get written later about how the transmission happened here. Just like we're seeing papers get written right now about transmission happened out of happening out of um, meetings that happened in New York or uh, on the West Coast. Um, I, I think what I think what people don't are having a hard time wrapping their heads around is that it takes a big voice and a strong voice. Um, to say, you all need to shut down this really big, important, lucrative event. Um, But that doesn't necessarily translate to, you all need to run and buy all the toilet paper in Kroger and go and, um, you know, hole up at home without seeing a single person for the next month, even though you have no disease symptoms and have come in contact with no um, risk factors. Um what we're also seeing right now is the spread or the start of the spread of the disease from metro Atlanta to some of more rural spots that might not have the same capabilities to handle it, right? We're seeing some cases in northeast Georgia, northwest Georgia, west Georgia, and then our first few cases in south Georgia, including down in Charlton County, which is a county of 12,000 people where a rural hospital um, recently closed just a few years ago. And so that's going to strain Georgia's health network, healthcare network as well. It is, you know, and we, it, and it's not just whether there's no hospital. If you're in Metro Atlanta, you got a lot of hospitals around you, but they're all at 95% capacity right now. We've got people running trailers for the regular flu. What are they going to do if we start overflowing with coronavirus patients? That's why all of these measures, these extreme measures, and they are extreme, are being taken right now. It's not to prevent the infection from um, getting around to us, it's probably too late to contain it. We're all going to know people who get coronavirus. What this does is it spreads it out along a longer period of time so that the health system doesn't get overwhelmed, so that those few people who do get very seriously ill, there's a hospital bed for them and doctors to take care of them. 
Yeah, and that's another part of the story that is really hard to, to grapple with because the healthcare providers, the doctors, the nurses, the, the administration staff, the, the janitorial workers, the support staff, all these folks who are also not only dealing with the threat of the disease itself, but also dealing with all the aftermath of the, the, the schools closing. You know, they have kids too, so how do they account for childcare? Um, you know, how... how how do they self-quarantine and they can't work from home, right? So, so this is, this is an entire sector of, of the economy that's going to be hard hit by all this. It very much so. These are just, these are the exact type of workers that you need desperately during a time like this, um, that are among the highest risk, uh, occupations because they're coming into contact with people who are coming into contact with the disease, and they're also, um, you know, we're, we're kind of at capacity as far as using them. We don't have a whole lot of extra doctors. We have a doctor shortage. We have a nurse shortage. And then all of the people who help those healthcare workers do their work, you know, we can only hope that they have paid time off. Uh, we can only hope that they have support systems so that if their wife, brother, father gets ill and needs a caretaker, um, that those people don't have to leave their job at the hospital. Now, one of the things we heard from Governor Kemp um, uh, earlier today, a few hours ago, was that he's not calling for a state of emergency quite yet. Um, he's not calling for the capital to be shut down. He is urging state employees who can telework, most state employees, those non-essential state employees, to telework, to avoid um, non-essential travel. And he's also urging elderly people and those with compromised immune systems to stay out of large crowds. Those are the people who are most susceptible to the illnesses. And that's the first time he said this. That was definitely a, a message shift from the governor. And that is something that epidemiologists have been saying for days and days, if not weeks and weeks. They've been very concerned about those people in those high-risk categories, people over 60, especially over 70 years old, people with underlying conditions, diabetes, lung problems, heart problems. Do not go into large crowds. Do not go into risky places. The disease, you know, we can say it's spreading from Metro Atlanta. That's not really um, the exact way it happens. It's it's popped up already in many places, and we just don't know where yet because there is a dire shortage of tests. This is the Achilles heel of the U.S. response. There is a dire shortage of tests right now. We are about a month behind in testing. So don't think that just because everybody looks fine around you that you can go into that crowd if you have a risk factor factor. People are ill who don't know they're ill. People have COVID-19 who think they just have the flu. So what advice are, are, are health professionals giving to people who, who A, are in that risk factor and B, people who aren't, who, who, who are you know, generally healthy people? Right. People in the risk factor group don't go into crowds. Be extra super careful about all the hygiene stuff. Washing your hands with soap. Not coming into contact with people who have the risk factors of their own. If you've got a lovely granddaughter who's just been to Italy, um, you know, stay in contact with her by phone, by Skype. Do not, you know, as much FaceTime as FaceTime is hug. your friend. FaceTime is your friend. Exactly. Technology is going to make this a much easier thing than the 1918 flu. That's for sure. But and then for the rest, for the rest of the folks who do not have um, risk factors. 
just can't stress enough those hygiene measures and washing with soap. Soap has um, the ability to break down the kind of oily lipid layer around the virus. Strange but true. Soap is a is a big, sophisticated weapon in this battle. Wash your hands all the time, especially after touching surfaces. Use that hand sanitizer. Social distancing. There's you know no need for us all to be crowded up against each other if we can social distance when we see folks. If we go into places, um, you know, three feet away is better than one foot away. I, I, this is not the main part of our story, but I do want to stress too how much it's upended Georgia politics. Um, it, the, one of the other kind of remarkable things about this story is how many candidates are suspending their campaigns. They are saying they're canceling events. Joe Biden was supposed to be here next weekend for the March 24th primary, which now seems like, I don't know what it seems like, but March 24th is when the presidential primary is, is, is to be held in Georgia. And yeah, and Joe Biden was going to be here this Saturday and Sunday before the vote for some fundraisers and campaign events. He was supposed to headline the Georgia Democratic Party's major fundraising gala. Um, it's an annual event that raises a, a ton of cash for them. Well, that event was canceled because of coronavirus. You have candidates, as we're speaking here, Kelly Leffler, the Republican incumbent senator who's running for election in November, says she is canceling, suspending, postponing, whatever word you want to say, all of her campaign activities indefinitely because of coronavirus. Um, Doug Collins, her main Republican rival, had to self-quarantine himself for days because he came in contact with someone at a conservative conference who had coronavirus. So that just gives you a glimpse of how this is really upending the people who are calling the shots in Georgia, right? These are the people. It's yeah. incredible. Yeah, and it and it's really gonna it's really gonna change the landscape for some of these people. Some of these folks really um you know, they're uh, a big piece of the fuel in their engine is these crowds that they're able to draw. And they're, you know, they're not going to be those crowds now. It's really hard to say what's going to happen. And then on election day, you know, we, we're hearing that senior centers are still going to, um, a lot of them are still going to be polling places, which, you know, you just really hope that those elderly people stay away from the crowds of people traipsing in and out. That just seems like um, a really remarkable decision. It's it's a very unusual time and unusual things are happening, including in the political sphere. Um, and I wanted to also mention that... Um, you know, when we're talking about the things that people can do, uh, uh, you know, we talk about the washing your hands with soap. We also want to say, of course, avoid touching your eyes and nose and your mouth um, because your hands are going to have virus on them that they don't know. And um, if you sneeze, cover the sneeze with a tissue that you throw away. And if you don't have a tissue, use your elbow. And then maybe toughest for a lot of us who, who love playing the valiant warrior and going about our jobs when we're sick, don't do that. Go home. Do not come into contact with other people if you start coughing and being sick. You may be certain you don't have the virus, but you don't know that, and it is not fair to other people to put them in the position of being around you. And, you know, think about the people that they are then going to go and be in contact with, too. You're risking everyone that they come in contact with. Now is a time to have credible news sources that that people who you can trust 
to distill the most important information, the most important accurate information. We saw just today all sorts of false reports out there about, about City Hall being shut down and all these measures being taken that were not accurate. So now is the time to just calm down, look for accurate information because there's going to be a lot of, of stuff flying out there. And really to follow folks like Ariel Hart and Helena Oliveira and the rest of the AJC's coronavirus team, which is growing by the day because this is becoming fast becoming the most important story that we will be covering this year. Um, you know, it's as important as the election. It's literally life and death. So please keep listening. Thank you, Arrow, for joining our special coronavirus edition. I have a feeling this will not be the last coronavirus podcast that we tape together. Yeah, well, it's, a, um, it's an honor to be with you on this, Greg, and let's just all stay safe. That's all for this edition of the Politically Georgia podcast. Visit AJC.com slash politics for all the latest in Georgia news. I'm Greg Bluestein signing off. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song. A celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents Hip-Hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants a rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop. Our journalists at the Atlanta Journal-Constitution are working around the clock to keep you updated on all the developments surrounding the Trump indictment. Now the AJC is putting all of our coverage in one place with our new Trump 19 newsletter. Every Wednesday, you'll have our latest coverage and analysis on this historic case in your inbox. So sign up for free today at AJC.com slash indictment newsletter. That's all one word. AJC.com slash indictment newsletter.